the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. And now, here on the Andrea K Show, filling in for Andrea K is Gary Quackenberry. He is not five foot one. He is not blonde, blue eyes, nor does he wear a red dress. But it's I radio. can confirm this. But it's radio, and you may not. He is six foot one, brown hair and green eyes. This is Gary Quackenberry. Thank you so much, Andrea K, for asking me to sit in on your show um, this morning. So I'm so happy to do it. Um, <laughs> Okay, I am going to have some of you guys call in because there's some of the, there. Okay, first of all, there's some really crazy stuff in the news. Um, you know, really violent, crazy stuff where I just really upsetting and disturbing. And I don't want to get into that. There's enough spinning in the news cycle to talk about that. I don't, that's not my thing. It's horrible. Um, so I want to talk about something that is interesting. This could, this could really excite you or this could just terrify the heck out of you. And I want to talk a little bit about the movie Terminator. <laughs> oh, so, you have me on board. One of my favorites. So in Terminator, one of the last ones, you have this, you know, they said, what's going on with the robots? And the word is <clears throat> they became self-realized. And I remember seeing the movie and I went, what self-actualization is that really a thing and sure enough it was talking about what happened is the robots they they figured out who they were and they figured out that they had a presence and they they were a thing and that they could defend themselves and they become self-actualized and then they started to act out and and destroy and create and build and it just like these yeah, and whole then when the that, humans tried to pull the plug they said yeah not so fast that's right different than um, Space Odyssey 2001, right? In Space Odyssey, you know, they're going, what are you doing? You know, Hal, I'm going to turn you off. Well, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And he went in and risked his life and he crawled in this big corridor and started pulling all the plugs and what are you doing? Why are you turning me off? What are you doing? And he turned it all off and it's like, doo, 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 doo. but not a Terminator. It's like, we're going to send something with a spinny tail that's going to drill through your forehead and you won't be able to do that. So we're going to protect ourselves. So that's all these, this whole thing with the artificial intelligence. And there's some, there were some announcements today that came out regarding this chat GPT. Well, I didn't even, okay, I'm not, I mean, I, some of this stuff is pretty interesting to me. And in, in artificial intelligence, it seems like a new thing, like, oh my gosh, artificial intelligence, what is that? Is it really, um, is it, is it, is it here? When has it happened? And the thing is, I started to look into a lot of it. And I've always talked to some friends of mine who are into the artificial intelligence world and talked about, you know, what about self-actualization and do computers really do that? And what's going to happen with Google and Bing and, and all these different organizations? And now you have ChatGPT. 
well, I was talking to some friends of mine on Sunday, and um, they're two of them are engineers. You know, one is a data analyst, data anal- analyst, data data analyst, that guy. And another one is a, a a test engineer. He basically he, you give him something and he destroys it with his engineering software to see if he could blow it up or break it or whatever to to to, to test it. He's like a test guy. And then um, another one is a, just a friend of mine that's really into this kind of stuff. So um, they started talking about ChatGPT, and it's like this conversation started to go really fast. I'm going like, "What's ChatGPT? ChatGPT silence." It's like, "What? Did I say something wrong?" They're going. You don't know about chat GPT. Mm-mm, tell me about it. And he says, this is the coolest thing ever. He said, it tells stories to my children. And I went, okay, now this is weird. And he says, so I tell it. Kids, what do you want to learn about tonight? What does your story entail? I want a pink dragon. Okay, a pink dragon. What does the pink dragon do? It drives a sports car. Okay. And where do they live? They live in Ukraine. All right. And what else is involved? There's a chihuahua with orange toenails. Ooh. And what does it have for dinner? It has burritos. Okay. Put all of it in chat GPT. By the way, chat GPT, I have 11 minutes to tell this story to my children. And it's a children's story. So go easy. And it goes, ting, 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 and prints out a story. And he said he reads it to his kids. And his kids are absolutely thrilled. And they do it every night. It's another new story. So I'm thinking of this. Well, I did stories for my kids, and I have characters called Zot, Teak, and Rex, and they're based on my kids' ages. Zot is a boy, Teak is a girl, and Rex is a, a little boy. So I, I've told those stories to my kids. I've made up dozens of them, and now I do it with my grandkids. And these are things that are like my life experiences and kind of like you know how how my mind did you know funny things as a little kid. Well, now it's being replaced by artificial intelligence, so it's not the same thing. There's no way their story is going to be as good as mine, but I'll tell you, they'll probably sell a lot. Okay, so that was the chat GPT. Then Andrea K says, Gary, do my show. I said, okay, fine. And I get this announcement on CNET. Chat GPT, it's done more than you think. Now, the way chat GPT was formed is that for up until 2021, when it was first released, it was it was taught or, or fed all this data. So it has this massive, huge, big database of information and quote knowledge. Okay. That's what it was always functioning on. So it would, you ask it to tell you a story and it'll tell you a story, ask it to send, sing you a song. It'll sing you a song. It'll write a song. It'll do all, it just does really, it's amazing. It's really awesome. But now what they've announced is that chat GPT was just released to be able to surf the internet so it can go on the web and get information now. So now I would love your comments on this, literally. So call while I'm talking, 888-344-1170. What do you think about all this stuff? 888-344-1170. Is this really, is it the internet is becoming self-aware? <laughs> Are we going to be taken over? And I'm, I'm laughing because it's kind of like, well, this is this is, this is really sci-fi stuff. I mean- You know, Gary, you there know. is, you, you brought up Terminator and unfortunately I am admitting- that not just the first Terminator movie, but I'm obsessed with all of them. Mm. And the third one, uh, it, it, the story took that Skynet, so this self-aware computer kind yes. of showed that its yes. beginnings of existence and how it was tied in to the Internet in, in this particular version. And the scary thing about as the story concludes in this particular movie is now that Skynet is everywhere – you can't unplug it. It's literally connected to everything. Sounds like the internet. 
Literally. That's the way it's Well, that's designed. what I mean. You, you tie yeah. these AI yeah. in to the <clears throat> internet, and yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they're in the beginning stages now. Who the heck knows yeah. if you don't put the, the, the right safety protocols in place, how far and yeah. how connected these things are going to get? Yes. Inter- yeah. And that that's, I mean, that's where you go with this stuff. You kind of think, is this, how does this really work? And so it, it is, um, so the questions that I had for my friends that are talking about chat GPT, because my comment, I said, I guess you don't need humans anymore. And he said, oh, to the contrary. I said, what do you mean? You're replacing, you know, something, the statistic is something like there's an article by, um, oh, which one was it? There's a, there's one article and it's on BBC and they're saying yeah effectively AI is some of this chat GPT stuff could replace 300 million jobs. In fact, one of the things was there was a, there's one of these you know people that work at chat GPT and he he came out was very bold and he says oh yeah we're going to put 300 million people out of out of work. Yeah okay we're going to do that. It's like really you're a young guy you know you don't know what that really means that means people are not going to be able to eat and all that kind of stuff and he's like well yeah we're going to put 300 million people out of work but you know this is the this is the new tech so on that i'd love to hear your comments really really would um on that i talked to a good friend of mine who is a software engineer at google and i went through the article with him and i said is this is this a, you know, is this a self actualized machine is this going to happen is this going to take over the world and he said oh well Google already has that. It's just not open source. It's not available yet. It's called Bard. Look it up. So Google has their artificial intelligence. And I said, well, what do you think about this comment of getting you know 300 million jobs being replaced? And he said, what's the percentage? I said, well, it's about 7% of the jobs worldwide. He said, hmm, it'll probably make it, – it'll probably – so he's, he, his thing is like, well, if that's true, it'll get rid of you know 300 million jobs, but it will create – nine percent so it'll get rid of seven percent and it'll create nine and he said gary my job didn't exist 50 years ago there was no such thing and i look back and went oh my gosh that's true when i was in high school which would have been 45 years ago the the computer modem was literally a dial-up you had to dial up and get this and then you'd shove the phone handset into a modem, which was a coupler. I mean, now we think a modem is a little box you hook to your TV. No, it was a coupler and you shoved it in and it would listen to the phone and then the big system would boot up in the district computer, you know, which was, you know, 30 miles away, this massive computer that took up rooms and buildings. And we tried to program it to make a smiley face. That was our semester project. And then now, gosh, you can fly a space shuttle with your cell phone. So, you know, not only did the technology, I mean, the iPhone didn't exist 15 years ago. It didn't even exist. So, but, but everybody has an iPhone, you know, are we going to chip human beings, you know, put chips in your neck so the government knows where you are? I asked my son that and he goes, why would we do that? We already have it in our pocket and we charge it every night. <laughs> it's like, we've already done all this. So it's not like, is this really going to be the awful thing? And so Scott's thing, uh, my Google friend, he's, he just said, it's going to make more jobs. Look at you know software engineering, and we're kind of naming off all these things, and that's one of the things the article went into. It's like, well, yeah, if you you know if you had your if you had all of your bets on Microsoft Streets and Trips, the program you used to carry, you'd buy a CD and you'd update it, and whatever you stick the CD in your computer, it would tell you where you are, you know, and show you you know how to map things and to get to wherever. He said, and then that got replaced. Obviously, it got replaced with with um, 
you know, the, the Google Maps and stuff like that. So did that mean that company went away? Well, no, it just went into a different thing. And now you have, you know, it, but before Microsoft Streets and Trips, nothing existed. And now we had to use like maps and stuff. And now we don't. We just have our cell phone that tells you how to drive. So this is happening. Um, and I'm curious to get kind of your take on it to, you know, comment. Is it going to freak everybody out? You're going to be good. You're listening to the Andrew K. Show. This is Gary Quackenbush. Um, I am an estate planning attorney and a friend of Andrea's. That's why we're talking tonight. We're talking about artificial intelligence, which, you know, is that in your industry? Ever heard of it before? Um, give us a call at 888-344-1170. I mean, my office, if you have questions for me, legal stuff, you can call my office, 855-500-TRUST. All right, we're going to be coming up next. Um, we've got some great guests coming up, and we have... <laughs> Chad Stewart, he's this author, incredible, famous author. He's going to talk about artificial intelligence. We're going to have AK is going to call in. Um, and then we got some other stuff coming in later in the show. So we got a good lineup for you. Thanks to Noah, our producer. This is Gary Quackenbush. We'll be back in just a moment here on The Andrea K Show. Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Right, welcome back to the Andrea K Show. This is Gary Quackenbush sitting in for Andrea tonight, and we're talking about artificial intelligence. I mean, it's been around for a while, and there's been some changes in the industry very recently. Some announcements um, regarding um, OpenAI and the ChatGPT, uh, and there's there's interesting. When we're going to talk, we're going to get a a, um, a clip coming up from Sam Altman in a second, but we got it. We have uh, Jack from Oceanside on the line. Um, and then I'm going to talk about there's nine chatbots that have been in existence for actually quite a while that we've been using. And now we're just kind of moving on and getting a little deeper into this stuff. So let's take Jack from Oceanside. Welcome to the Andrea K show. How you doing, man? Well, here's the danger with AI. Um, unlike humans, uh, AI doesn't eat, doesn't sleep, doesn't get sick. Um, it, um, it humans will shortly become obsolete. We are designing the seeds of our, of our own obsolescence, and um, AI is, I think, always going to be infinitely more intelligent than humans. So um, that's that's the road I see AI is is going to take us down, as humans will become obsolete. Interesting. That's an interesting thought. Um, I appreciate that, Jack, for uh, for calling up. And and if any of you, you know, it, but you know, that's that's kind of where we are with artificial intelligence. What I so I wanted what I wanted to do. And thanks, Jack, for that call. I really appreciate it. I love it when people have input. We can kind of see where we're going with this. Um, we do have lines open if you want to give us a call eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. And like Jack, you can you know make your comment. Let us know how you what you know where you are with all this artificial intelligence thing. And you know the um, we're talking about the Chat GPT, and I there's um, we actually have the company that created Chat GPT is um, called OpenAI, and we have a clip of an interview of Sam Altman, who's the CEO of OpenAI, and this is interesting. So listen to this clip by Lex Friedman. I spoke to OpenAI CEO Sam Altman inside of their San Francisco headquarters on the day they released their latest version, GPT-4, which can write essays and speeches, offer logical reasoning, analyze pictures, and even take tests outperforming most humans, scoring in the 90th percentile on the uniform bar exam and 700 on the SAT math portion. 
What changes because of artificial intelligence? Part of the exciting thing here is we, we get continually surprised by the creative power of, of all of society. I think that word surprise, though, it's both exhilarating as well as terrifying That's to for people. Sure. I think people should be happy that we're a little bit scared of this. I think people should be You're happy. a little bit scared. A little bit. Yeah, you personally. If I said I were not, you should either not trust me or be very unhappy I'm in this job. Very interesting. So there you hear it. Which begs the question, Gary. Okay, and rightfully so. They are, you know, it's kind of an unknown realm that they're diving into. Why mess with it? True. Yeah, and and see, uh, the thing, a lot of this is just it's an extension of what's going on. I mean, we've had artificial intelligence. In, in in one form or another for you know since we've had computers i mean that's kind of the whole idea that's what they've been working on and all you know the movies do a really good job addressing that you know when you have you know these computers that becomes you know self-actualized and you know they become human-like and then they become you know more human than humans whatever i don't know how that could be but you know it started back with star trek you know and uh, you know when you have uh, data, you know, the guy that, you know, he's an artificial person and he starts to create another artificial person. And I remember there's a movie where, where data actually created another data and they said, well, wait a minute, what'd you do? And he says, well, humans have humans reproduce. And so I just reproduce and I have, and they're going like, you can't make a little data. He says, why not? He says, because you're not a human being. Says, oh, and it was very, it was very interesting. This was many years ago and they were dealing with that like what if a robot could should you control it and um i you know some of the comments and again we'd love to hear more comments we've got uh coming up we have chad stewart coming up he's going to talk to us about ai dangers pushback the power of creativity stuff like that it's going to be super awesome but i um when i asked my friend on sunday i said so i guess we don't need humans and he said oh my gosh are you kidding me yes we need humans we need even more humans to understand this because Human beings have to be the ones to control the AI and where it goes because it's for good or bad, just like the internet. It's for good or bad. The, 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 the World Wide Web, there's the dark web. You know, We had a guy on my show that would come in and talk all the time about this thing called the dark web that literally is this web of, of stuff that is like illegal and dark and, it's, and it, I don't go there. Of course I don't go there. But it's like this whole dirty side of the web that makes money and steals people's information and all that. And yet we're just happy to be on the internet doing its thing and on our phones and our computers and our watches. So there's, there's dark and light to all these things. And it's like with anything, there's always the bad side. So the, you know, the, the comment is like, yes, we need human beings because human beings are the ones that, that control the AI. Um, the, the comment that I got from my software engineer friend at Google um, after I talked to him about the BBC article saying, you know, that 7% of the jobs are going to be lost worldwide, he said, he, his opinion, and I, you know, I take it, you know, seriously because he works for Google as a software developer, software engineer. He said, you always need humans to work the tech. I mean, you're going to need more and more programmers. So people have to do the tech. There's still human beings that are putting this stuff together to make it bigger and better and all that kind of thing. Um, so I, I ended up you looking around and saying, you know, what stuff do I have in my life that has artificial intelligence? And that just there, there, there are seven chat bots, bots that we have been using forever. I mean, how many of you <clears throat> have a Microsoft computer? Microsoft computer, like baked into the soft, into the computer is Bing. 
And Bing is artificial intelligence. It's a chatbot. You can click on it and say, hey, Bing, tell me about this. Tell me a story. Read me this. Read me that. Go to the internet. Find this. And it's artificial intelligence. And it learns about you. How many of you use Facebook? Okay, there's this thing called Blenderbot. And Blenderbot is a bot that will think for you and it'll answer questions and develop things for you. And that's by Facebook slash Meta. You know, how many of you, you realize that if you're shopping on the internet, like every time I go on my cell phone, it, it says, hey, how about this mountain bike? I'm going, I already bought a mountain bike. I don't need one. But it, it knows what I was, it knows where I was and how long I stayed on a page and what image I looked at and all that kind of stuff because we've provided this information. It, just, we just do. So you have Blenderbot, you have Bard, which is Google's answer, or basically they have their own um, chat bot called Bard, B-A-R-D. You can look it up. It's bard.google.com. And that's, it's going to, it potentially is open source, but that literally is their answer to it. Microsoft is answering the, the, um, the, the open AI stuff, the um, open artificial intelligence platform that, that, that Sam Altman is the CEO of. You have um, a chat bot called Claude. Um, Snapchat has artificial intelligence now, and it, it it will write your text to your friends for you. You just it, it'll say, "Is this what you wanted to say? Is this what you're thinking?" So it'll do that. There's a thing called Replica. It's been around for several years. Replica is a chat bot where you can talk to the chat bot and it will talk back to you. And they say you have a quote friend and it's artificially created by a computer and people have these interactions. Then you have Jasper, which was that was the thing that came out before ChatGPT. And then you've got Chat Sonic, which is Spotify. So even in Spotify, you can tell it what your feelings are and what your thoughts are, and it will find your music and respond to you. So these things, we have been, we've been into this artificial intelligence for a long time. And these new developments, yeah, that's the kind of stuff we need human beings to kind of watch. So the interesting thing is we're going to come up with is next we've got Chad Stewart. Um, he is the author of of this whole series of books and it's about it's it, it takes place in real places around the world and they're people they're kids that could be real kids and it's called Britfield. you can go to Britfield.com. he's an author talks about creativity we're going to talk to him at the bottom of the hour so you're listening to the word to no you're listening to the andrea k show i'm the host of word on wealth i'm the host of andrea k tonight so we got coming up next we got chad stewart um and he's going to um, talk to us about his book, Britfield and the Lost Crown, which is amazing. I'm reading it. It's super fun to listen to. And um, that's the way I read my books. I listen. And we'll be talking about that coming up next here on The Andrew K Show. We're talking about artificial intelligence tonight, guys. So get on board. Ask us questions. 888-344-1170. I'd love your input. And we'll be back in just a moment. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. All right, welcome back to The Andrea K Show. This is Gary Quackenbush. I'm sitting in for Andrea K tonight. It's been a thrill to be here so far. We are talking about artificial intelligence. Woo! What is that? Are we talking sci-fi? Are we talking about the loss of creativity because we don't have to use our brains anymore? We had to haul in here the expert on creativity, and that is Chad C.R. Stewart. He is the author, creator, the mind behind the Britfield. The whole entire world is called Britfield. Uh, and um, the book, his first book is The Britfield and the Lost Crown, which I am in the middle of now. It is... <laughs> I love it. It is so good. And so I just appreciate the um, 
entertaining and thrilling story this guy can write. And we got him on because we want to talk about artificial intelligence, the dangers, the pushbacks, the power of creativity. Chad, AI is here. We're dealing with it. Let's talk about the dangers of it and, and, and creativity and how you're helping the world and kids be creative. Well, great. Well, thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, it's something that I've been studying quite a bit. It's, it's interesting because it's, I started to introduce the aspects of technology and where we're headed as a world, if you will, in book two, Field and the Rise of the Lion. And then uh, book three, I really touched into the whole computer world and AI in uh, uh, Field and the Return of the Prince. And it sounds kind of funny because that's really a thread that runs through my stories, but I've done a lot of deep dives and research into it. And it's just kind of a great way for who's ever reading the book to at least to, to not only understand it, but to pull the curtain, understand the dangers of it and the end goal. And I don't really sort of hold those punches back in the books, but I don't push it too hard. They're not, they're not geared towards that. They're just kind of a fun uh, young adult adventure series. But um, yeah. So, so where do you want to start? Well, let's talk, let's talk about kind of the risk of, of AI. I mean, we have AI, the artificial intelligence has been around for quite a while. It's, you know, any, yeah. you know, as soon as we started the computer, but it's getting to the point now where like you have, you know, colleges that are saying, well, you know, everybody's going to be using, you know, these, uh, these artificial intelligence to write their papers. So I guess it's okay. We'll just make sure that they uh-huh. still have some of their own thoughts in there. You know, but if we get too far into this, computers creating stories for us and writing our letters and stuff like what are the dangers of that yes yeah, so it's very very dangerous ai is is very dangerous to be avoided um you know it's it's got an end goal to it i don't know if you guys dove into it but uh, those that are pushing it are, are really not to be trusted and the rest are just naive thinking oh it's so great and look what it can do and 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 uh, makes things so much easier and really all it's doing is is number one it's trying to create a different type of humanity uh, one that, that doesn't think, that one, that one that doesn't use the creative creativity skills, uh, critical thinking, communication, um, eloquence of writing, eloquence of debate, any of that. Um, and then there's the other side of it where it's just going to you know, replace us. And I have some statistics here that I think are interesting. I had these within last year. <clears throat> but AI's transformation over the next decade. So everyone's like, oh, AI is good. Or anyone that's supporting it, keep this in mind, 95% of all accountants uh, will have a chance of losing their jobs due to AI in the next five to 10 years. Um, uh, uh, banking will lose about 30 to 40% of all jobs. Um, uh, 39% of all legal sectors will be automated and pushed into the AI systems. 40 to 50% of all analytical engineering and media jobs will become obsolete in the next five to 10 years. Uh, however, this is the nice tie into creativity, AI and technology cannot replace creativity. And so while you sit there and you have some of this AI stuff out there, writing and composing literature, AI isn't creative. It doesn't create, it copies. And um, who, who's, who's the author of, of lies and who's the author of, of, of taking something and stealing it and then twisting and, and bending it? So AI does not have creative capacities. You're like, oh, I've seen some of the stuff that, that, that it's done with paintings and abstracts and, yeah, borrows and, and takes from all others. So it has that ability. It does not have a creative ability, and it can't think for itself. It can't debate. It's kind of funny, too, um, how stupid the smart, quote-unquote, smartphones are and all the smart technology is. It's like when I'm, when I'm compiling a simple text, it keeps filling in the wrong words. It's so stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, that's but needless, true. needless to say, it's, it, uh, it cannot replace um, the human ingenuity, um, uh, creativity, something that, that Noah and I talk a lot about. 
that sort of uh, qualities of, of uh, gumption and creativity. So um, that's something it won't do. And so the best thing you can do to sort of, if you will, counter this is, is to really push uh, your research um, and time into creativity. We can talk, talk about that, but, but all in, I mean, it's, 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 it's got a very diabolical end goal to it. Uh, we're seeing that in China. I don't know if you guys read the research with their, with their credit score system or social, social credit scores. Um, and it's almost practically implemented in China. Um, there's, there's one camera right now for every two people in all of China. It monitors them. It has spatial recognition. This is all AI technology. Even to the extent that, let's say you're wearing sunglasses, it, it can actually monitor the way you walk and, um, and tag you as that particular person. So it's got all these different types of analytics to figure out who you are. And so if you cross the street in the wrong place, it'll find you. Uh, if it picks up a voice thing that you're saying something negative uh, with the propaganda that they're trying to shove down your throat, uh, it'll give you a negative score. And then all of a sudden one day you'll, you'll, go, uh, you'll go to apply for a loan and, and your credits drop down to 60%. Or you try to get a job and you have, a, you know, you have all this uh, derogatory stuff on there. So uh, China's the model. China's always been the model for what they want to sort of implement throughout the world. And uh, that's kind of, that's one of the end results, obviously, the mark of the beast. Uh, which I'm not sure if you talked about on your show, but it's a very real thing. In fact, it's already out there, chip technology. That's why they introduced the credit card with the chip. They're just trying to get you assimilated to the idea of a chip. Um, they already have it. There's even people out there that are, that are uh, too, 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 too much in a hurry to go out and get, get a little microchip into their hand um, so they can, uh, oh, you, know, you don't want to lose your credit cards. It's just so much easier and stuff. And it's always about ease, making everything easy for you. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. So as far as... Um yeah, these type of things, like, it, it seems to me like with the the creativity sector, I mean, the way to kind of fight this and to push back and to not accept it, I mean, the fact is that we invite it into our homes, we say, oh, this is really cool, I'm going to get a dash camera that will run 24-7 and take pictures of me while I'm driving and, and I'll be able to record if I have an accident and make sure, it's like, but wait a minute, that's that's hooked to the internet and it's and I'm sure there's no nefarious intention of gathering all the data of where everybody drives and lives and thinks and breathes and all that. Yeah. Of course there is. You've got to really be careful of that. So as far as like, you know, the 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 how do how do we push back on this machine that's basically coming after our creativity? How do we push back? Yeah, and it's interesting too because I, I just uh, I just read a quote the other day and it said that the Terminator wasn't a movie; it was a documentary. Let that resonate for you for a second. But that's kind of where where they're pushing towards transhumanism and and putting in mechanical parts into the body and. You know, it's all connected. But no, the, the way to push back is really to take the importance of creativity. I mean, here, here's some statistics. So I gave you some statistics on AI. Here's some statistics, statistics about creativity and why it's so important. Creativity is one of the top um, three skills in the world. This is 2002 World Economic Forum. Creativity is the most important skill in the world, Forbes 2021. Uh, creativity is the most desired skill, LinkedIn 2021. Uh, creativity is leadership quality of the future, IMB, IBM survey. Um, and as I said before, artificial intelligence cannot replace creativity. So it's so funny we have the spectrum right now that we are as a nation in a, in a creativity crisis. And we can talk about that. And we have been for the last 20 years. And it's a combination of many things. One, it's the direct dumbing down of education where kids can't think for themselves, uh, where critical thinking has been eliminated, where creativity has been eliminated, where test scores are taking priority over ingenuity, conversations, communication, collaboration. Um, there's still We're still in that sort of... Um, 19th century factory setting. 
So education's had a huge impact on on those negative scores. And then it is, it's, it's, it's technology, it's, it's everything from Twitter, which now I need to think in, in 140 syllables or, or letters, you know what I mean? And, and that's not designed to, to be clever or quick, it's designed to make you stupid. And all this stuff is designed to make you stupid. That's a fact. And the people that are behind these big technology companies that are pushing all this stuff and the iPhone 15 and 20 and 30 and you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's so easy and all this stuff. It all does have nefarious intentions to it. Um, why, where on the other side, as I just proved, creativity is the most important skill in the world. And when I'm talking about creativity, I'm, I'm just talking about, um, and I know when I say creativity, we're sort of thinking uh, writing, writing novels like the Britfield series or a musician. No, I'm talking about creativity in all aspects of life. Starting a yes. company, that takes a lot of creativity. Um, uh, you know, uh, being a cook takes a lot of creativity. Being a teacher, the right teacher, homeschool teacher, that takes an enormous amount of creativity. I mean, creativity is in every aspect of our jobs if we can utilize it and um, and look at things from different angles. And it's interesting, too, and I probably mentioned this on your show before, but it's one of my uh, my favorite statistics. But most of these technology companies and, and top, you know, Fortune 100 companies are, are looking for people with creativity backgrounds, as I've already discussed. In fact, they prefer creative candidates five to one in some cases 10 to one but if you actually have a background in music you'll actually go to the top 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 of the pile because they know people that uh have a background in music and it's not a professional musician it just means hey you know, I, I i played the trumpet and i read music or i used to play the piano they know the people that that uh can tap that side of their brain are better leaders better managers better under crisis um critical thinkers uh can look at things from different angles and can handle um a lot more workload and jobs and look at different things and create products. And creativity is really at the core of everything. Creativity is at the core of America. You could go back to the very founding of it and everything that's been built since and really how, how in many ways America, America has influenced the rest of the world for at least the last century. So creativity is at the core of everything that we do. And so part of it is to bring that, that type of thinking and analogy into your lives. Now, if we want to talk to sort of school as a parent, or where you're at, or even as homeschoolers, you know, there's all types of things that you can do, and we can talk about that. And even as an adult, um, it's it's never too late to get those creativity um, abilities back. We're all born creative, you know. Some some might have more of a proficiency in music, you know. That's not my mm-hmm. skill, you know. Exactly. Some might have more of a proficiency in writing. That is my skill. That is. Uh, your but skill. I've also dedicated I've also dedicated ten thousand hours to that, you know. Mm-hmm. So exactly. We are listening. We're, have Chad Stewart. He's C.R. Stewart, the author of the Britfield series. Um, fantastic books. A lot of fun to read. Um, I want to. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we want to come back. I, 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 we're going to talk about creativity because I think the way to push back on all the AI and just becoming soft is creativity. And I have my own theories on what I've been doing in my personal life to kind of push back okay. and make sure that I don't get squishy and soft and stupid. And I love talking to um, a chat about this too and and he's he's got some really interesting resources we're going to talk about that when we get back and ways to kind of rebuild your creativity we're going to do that coming up next on the andrea k show with chad stewart and gary quackenbush you're listening to somebody who tells it like it is andrea k on the answer san diego the Andrea K. Show with Gary Quackenbush tonight, and we've got C.R. Stewart, the author of the Britfield, your whole Britfield world. Um, he his thing, ladies and gentlemen, is creativity, being creative. He has spent his career as a writer going around and telling and showing children in elementary schools all over the place 
how to be creative and bringing creativity back because in schools and homeschools and in your own homes as adults, we've lost our creativity. When Chad was on my show, he was talking about, you know, by the time our kids are like late teenagers, we have successfully in our systems beat out the creativity so that they are less, you know, they, they, they're not creative anymore and now they fit the system, but you can't do that. We've got to get back to creativity. And the thing that, that Chad says that I really love is that it is, it's not hard to become, get, to get your creativity going again. It just has to be intentional. You know, we have all these words like intentional and transparent and be real and be authentic. Well, it's like, you have to put in some work to get your creativity back, but it's worth it. You know, it's like being f- physically fit and emotionally fit. It's like you got to be, you got to get your creative, creative fitness back. So, Chad, I'd love you to talk about that. You know, if it's, you know, not necessarily in the, you know, the format of schooling or homeschooling or whatever, but how do we bring our creativity back? Because to me, I think being creative and demanding and insisting that you are creative and your creativity is worth something and it's worth pursuing. That's how you push back against this artificial garbage. Yeah, especially just as a background, I mean, I, I, I have a, probably over 12 years of education and graduate education and pursuing a, a, a PhD right now. So I had that world. I was actually an investment banker out of Boston for years. So I've been, I've been on the other side of it. So it's not like, you know, like I don't understand, you know what I mean? Or I, or I understand the run of a job or, or just having to make a living and stuff. But I just think, I think creativity is as important as working out, you know, and working out is the most important thing in your life. And it's like, you don't have to be going to the gym for two hours a day, six days a week, but getting out for a 30 minute walk will, will help a lot. And, and, you know, do your research on just um, all the benefits of any type of exercise, you know, for the brain, uh, for stress, um, for stamina, just getting out in the sunlight. Sun is not bad. That's a mis- you know, that's a, that's a, that's a misconception. You know, the sun's bad. I'm going to get cancer. Sun's actually very healthy and you need the sun and you need vitamin D. Uh, but creativity is just as, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. And, um, just getting a sliver of it in, into your life, you know, let's just say to start with for a couple of hours a week and you're like, well, what, what do I do? Or what do I start? And I said, what, what would you like to do? You know, was there something as a child that's probably easiest to go back to that, that you really enjoy? So you're like, you know, I really enjoyed um, painting. You know what I mean, and I wasn't very good at it. It's okay. It's not the point. It's like, well, we'll maybe take an art class, you know, or, or just buy an easel and, and get some paints or drawing or, um, creating something, or maybe you're working for a company. You're like, I've always had this idea for a company that I'd like to start. Well, you know what, you know, go out and start it. And I don't mean quit your job. I mean, just start to put it together, you know, get, get a business plan and start outlining it and see all of that, that extra, that, that very exercise, number one, it's exciting, you know, and whether you launch it or not, maybe you put the whole thing together and you get a business plan. You go, you know what, I'm just going to hold off. Right. Just, you know, that's okay. Because, you know, you get, you get that, they say, see as far as you can go. And when you get there, you'll be able to see farther. And so maybe that whole process of starting, of thinking of starting a business or putting together a business plan gets you to that next phase. You go, but you know what I'm thinking would be really cool. And see, just doing this type of stuff, get your brain thinking differently. It's fun. It's exciting. It gives you something to look forward to. Um, I know, I know, um, you know, I always push like teachers, if you did one creativity exercise in your classroom per month, and make it a writing exercise or uh, one of my favorite exercises and I'll let you talk for a second, but is writing a movie script. And I, and I come in with just a three act format and I tell the class, it's like, look, you know, we're, 
where uh, we've got we've got this big budget from a Hollywood studio, and they want us to come up with an idea for a movie. What are we going to come up with? You know, and I break them up in these small little groups, and I say, you know, and have the groups kind of work together for about 15, 20 minutes, uh, and say, you know, what's the movie going to be? A comedy or you know, drama, a period piece, and stuff. And then we vote on the best one, and we start writing this movie, and we never really finish it. You know, because time runs out. And I've actually been at schools where the teacher will come back and they'll finish writing the story. But it's a very, it's a very creative process. And the kids are just saying, well, what, if, what about if it takes place here? And, and um, what about if this happens to the lead character? And I'm like, okay, so, so, so what's plot point one? What happens? What's a revelation that happens? What's, how does the story shift? And you, know, you get all these ideas. And suddenly you have a whole classroom that's collaborating and, and getting involved and communicating and critical thinking and being creative. And I say all of that to say, I guarantee you out of everything that they learn at school, that will be one of the most important exercises they'll take away from that semester. Number two, I guarantee you that, that once a month, that will be the most exciting thing they look forward to, you know? And I know there's basics yes. that you have to teach and other things that you need to do, but I'm, it's, so it'd be the same for you. You know, it's just like, Oh, Wednesday night at like six o'clock, you know, my husband knows, or my, my, my wife knows, or the kids know that this is mom's time. Or this is dad's time two hours of going into my room and I'm going to, I'm going to keep writing this novel, you know, or whatever, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. like your creative yeah. time, you have to do it, you know, and, and trust me, excuses are easy and I don't accept excuses, you know, oh, I'm so busy. Busyness is the new nonsense it really is. And I think everyone's busy right now and no one's productive. You know, they're running around chasing their tail. That's a whole nother yeah. discussion, but you have to, that's another that discussion. Well, okay. <laughs> so I, yeah. it's, and I love that, that we're doing this where it's like, cause I, I like action items. I mean, you know, doing yeah. radio shows, you can just like talk and talk uh, on his action items. And so here we are, we're trying to fight AI. I mean, we're not trying, you know, we, when I, when it was, I was a little kid, it was like you know, Dick Tracy had a talking watch with, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, now you can have television. I mean, it's just like, it's way beyond yeah. that, but but I like what Chad is saying, and that is do it. So you set a time. I This is my creative time. And I've done that. And I, I did. I was inspired yeah. by you and saying, Gary, you just got to – you got to get back to your creative because I, I used to build model rockets. I used to do paintings. I used to do models where you actually had to glue the models and paint yeah. them and all that stuff. And so I, I, I went and bought myself a Lego kit and I sent a, 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 a chat video to my grandkids and they all responded like, Grandpa, that's the coolest thing ever. Oh my gosh. You know, so I said, it's this kid. So I, and it was like this dumb little Lego kit, but it's like, and I said, okay, I'm going to build this. And I threw away the instructions. So I'm going to build it because I'm going to just look at the picture. And that was like, you know, Lego is, it, there's some creativity. It's not like 100%. But, but the thing is, it's setting the time to do it because if I don't set the time, I've got a million things to do. Okay, now you got me on the busy thing. Busy is a word that I've decided to eliminate from my vocabulary yeah. because you're, it's yeah. a cop-out. It's a stupid word. I'm busy. Okay, that's baloney. What are you actually doing? <laughs> oh, I am doing this. I'm doing that. So it's like it, there's certain words to get rid of, you know. We need to be creative. We need to be fair to ourselves. We need to treat ourselves to that. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.